the 117th episode of the Have Aloha World Travel Podcast. I am your co-host, Kevin Allen. With me, as always, Catherine Toth Fox. Um, we are with Hawaii Magazine. My voice is like 10% better than last. Than your voice last is almost podcast. there. Oh, I can't shake have, this thing, man. We have a very uh, special guest with us today. It's uh, Hawaii Tourism Authority's Chief Brand Officer, Klani Ka'ana'ana. Again, I hope oh, I, you know, <laughs> the, I, oh, it's great. <laughs> How we it's like, Ka'ana, Ana. I'm embarrassed. Nah, I don't be. My best. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. We're, we're really pleased to have you on. Um, you know, I know. So uh, for people who aren't aware, you know, um, we did a podcast. Our last podcast was kind of a lot about the really tragic Maui wildfires that happened. And, the, you know, a lot of Lahaina was essentially burned to the ground. And if you want to get kind of caught up on that, I mean, uh, we did a whole podcast on it last episode. And we have a lot of news articles uh, um, on our website as well. Um, I think today on this episode is almost like a two-parter because, um, you know, I do think that it's been... Um, Kind of a confusing time, I guess, to be a visitor to Hawaii, especially one who maybe had plans to go to Maui. Um, but, you know, I think it was kind of a interesting time where a lot of social media discourse had kind of put out this message that, you know, don't come to Maui at all. Don't come to, the, you know, the entire island. But I think we're seeing a lot now um, that that's not necessarily what even Maui businesses and, and residents want. They still are kind of asking for visitors to come to just not affected areas, which obviously it's, well, I guess not obvious because people don't always know, but it wasn't the whole island that was affected. It was just, you know, certain areas. Um, Kalani, I mean, you you deal with, you wheel and deal with all of this messaging and all of this information. I mean, can you just give us a, your perspective on the HTA side? Yeah, sure. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, obviously first our thoughts and prayers are with all of those who lost family members, homes, livelihoods, and lifestyles. Uh, in Lahaina fires. Uh, we also know that many families were affected in Kula. I think um, we're trying to raise some awareness around that because, you know, 19 um, homes or buildings or structures were lost in the Kula fires as well. And in a normal circumstance, that would be a huge tragedy in and of itself. And so uh, we recognize both have, impact, have been impacted. Um, on our end, we've really spent a lot of our time really trying to be on the ground, listening to residents, visiting industry workforce and business owners. Uh, we're trying to support residents who work in the hospitality industry and business owners who count on visitor spending uh, by ensuring that visitors do return to Maui in a respectful way, a mindful way, a compassionate way, um, and really just trying to make sure that visitors understand the invitation that we're making, uh, that respectful, compassionate, and responsible travel to non-affected parts of Maui are welcomed and encouraged now more than ever. Uh, when we think about it, you know, 40% of Maui jobs depend on visitor industry spending and over 8,000 new unemployment claims have been filed since the fires. And so recovering the visitor industry is critical to Maui's overall recovery. Absolutely. And, you know, when you um, kind of say, I guess, compassionate and responsible travel, I think, you know, maybe we know what that means. And we try to write about it a lot, even in our Malama section. And just, you know, being a better, better visitor to Hawaii, I think is really important to us. But could you maybe describe you know, what you mean by that? Yeah, I'll take us back actually to 2018. And HTA's marketing at that time really started to make this pivot around responsible tourism uh, and later on developed into what we're using regenerative tourism now. But generally the, the ask is the same. 
Um, as a malihini, as a visitor to the Hawaiian Islands, you have a kuleana, a responsibility to help love and care for this place as much as we do as kamaina, as residents. And likewise, that's reciprocated by us in trying to care for our place that we call home. And so really that messaging to visitors about responsible travel really goes back that far. Uh, that predates the pandemic, that predates a lot of what we felt in 2019 when we hit 10.4 million visitors, our highest number ever. And so really it was on our mind then and it's ever present today and continues through today. And as I think even deepened um, by what's happening on Maui. And so for us, again, how does a visitor travel responsibly? How does a visitor come with compassion and aloha and humility and respect? Really, it first starts with their intention. They have to know that they're coming to an island that's been through a lot. And they're coming to an island that for all intents and purposes is really connected. And you could be in Kihei, you could be in Paia. And if you're not mindful, you could be talking to somebody that just got a new job and now works on that side of the island, but lost everything on the other side. Or it might be someone's sister, mom, cousin, auntie, uncle, dad, brother, whatever. And so really just being, traveling with purpose and traveling with intent right now for Maui is really important. And so the, the ano, the how you bring yourself to the islands in the first place is a really the first decision that I think a traveler can make. Um, the second is to be sensitive, right? To know that, yes, you have made a purposeful decision to travel to Maui in an effort and in a means to give back to a community that's lost so much. You also need to understand that you might need to be patient with people, that these service, um, you know, the services, the amenities, the time, the wait times, those things may all be impacted based on what's happening on the island. And so again, having a well of patience uh, that is full before you get to Hawaii, I think, is another really important thing. Being purposeful and intentional. Sorry, Catherine, you're going to ask a question. No, no, keep going. I was just going to say um, being purposeful again uh, with your spending, right, as a visitor. Are you shopping local? Are you buying local? Are you buying Maui first? And really being deliberate in your dollars. Yes, I. sorry, I'm going to admit it here on a podcast publicly. I am basic. I love a pumpkin spice latte. I admit that. But when I go to Maui, I might be more intentional and go to Akamai Coffee, right? And I might try to support a local coffee shop in that moment. Uh, even though personally, I love a PSL, but on Maui <laughs> and with what's going on, I want to be intentional about where I shop, where I spend that dollar. I mean, just to put in perspective for some of the listeners, I mean, I think I think it's widely known how destructive the fires were, um, you know, that there's been 115 confirmed deaths and there's still, you know, people missing and families are still, you know, reeling from what's happened. But uh, from an economic standpoint, um, there were about like 8,000 people arriving on Maui every day before the wildfires. And now it's about 2,000. I think I was looking at the last numbers. It's sort of like a little above or below 2,000 visitors a day. Um, and about 50% of the lodging, right, is in West Maui. So it's it this, I mean, this tragedy is like sort of like a domino effect, you know, economically. But um, one of the things I wanted you to explain to people, because um, I think looking at economics might seem also a little insensitive, but really people's livelihoods depend on, on that, is when a visitor comes to Maui, 
or decides to come to Maui or has a trip planned and hasn't canceled yet. And of course, now we're saying, oh, don't cancel your trip, please come. How do you tell them like to have fun and to have a vacation? I mean, I would have a difficult time knowing that like just down, you know, like 10 miles down the road, people have died. Um, you know, people are looking for missing family. Like, I, I don't know how to get into like a vacation mode or to feel okay about it. You know, that's why a lot of people stopped coming. I mean, they were doing it right out of respect. And um, they, they were really had good intentions when they canceled their trip. So what do you say to somebody who's debating? Like, yeah, come support, but like, you know what I mean? How do you get them to feel like it's okay to, you know, drink a Mai Tai on the beach or, you know, I don't know. You know yeah, what I mean? Or it might be to drink a Mai Tai on the beach. And... Yeah, yeah, I'll say this. Good advice all the time, but. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, uh, it really goes back to understanding your purpose and intention for coming in the first place. And I think if you understand that what may have been a leisure vacation that may have been your original purpose of travel. Maybe you were going to renew your wedding vows, or maybe it was your anniversary, or maybe it was a big uh, milestone birthday. Maybe those happy times were the original reason for your travel. It's time, to your point, to assess and understand what the trip will then become. And again, I think our call to action is how do they give a trip or take a trip that gives back? How can they leave a positive impact uh, on Maui while doing so. And so if it still may be the case that, you know, hey, I don't feel comfortable, we're not going to force anybody to do mm -hmm. something they're uncomfortable with. But maybe it's like, honey, you know, I know we were going to come to renew our vows, but maybe let's declare our love for Maui this trip. And let's think about how we go in a respectful way. Are there some volunteer opportunities in an unaffected area that we might be able to give back to community, right? Are there things, again, can we shop and stay and do things, uh, participating in activities and tractions? Whale watching is a big one, right? All of those things, um, those are all, I think, ways to repurpose the trip. And it really is that decision on that family or those travelers to think about. But I, yeah, I can see that. They're like, no, I don't think we're ready for the rah-rah, like, yeah, vacation. Right, right. Like, we're ready for that. No. But if you understand that you still would like to come, you still want to spend smart, you want to buy Maui first, and you're going to try to do some volunteer work, that's the kind of travel I think we're looking for. And I think there's a misconception because of the initial response on social media, right, that um, they're not welcome. And that's not true. I mean, everybody I've spoken to from Maui or business owners on Maui are saying, no, no, no. Like, that's a very small minority, vocal minority. Um, so just to get people to feel, to, just so they understand when they come to Maui, they're not going to be like met with protests or anything. Right. I mean, right, it's a- down the road or out of <laughs> right, their house right, right. or something. So, so sorry, I'm trying to juggle two things at once. First and foremost, the purpose and reason for the travel needs to be evaluated and really thought through. And then I think uh, to your earlier point about the economics of this, I think one of the fine lines here is we're balancing the needs of those who lost everything and those who are about to, mm. um, because it's a very real thing that businesses may shutter as a result of lack of visitation to the unaffected areas of Maui, right? Layoffs are increasing, all of that economic loss. So every day 
We lose about 9 million in economic activity. West Maui accounts for about 15% of Hawaii's total visitor industry economic impact and activity. And so um, as difficult as it is, we have to be realistic with the two things that we're trying to balance. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think, um, yeah, again, like I think it's just important that visitors know again, because social media, I mean, it's been kind of the double edged sword, I think of social media has shown itself, uh, especially in these kind of tough times and a lot of misinformation and, you know, a lot of misinformation is spread on social media very quickly and very easily. Um, and I think what, one of those points of misinformation that is even shared by I've seen very influential social media individuals um, is that like, yeah, no, Maui's don't come to Maui. And I think, I mean, as it, as you know, working with HTA and, you know, trying to manage that, I mean, how do you even fight against social media? It's, it's such a behemoth and and misinformation is so quickly spread on it. It's, it's a, yeah, it's just a, again, a real double-edged sword. Yeah. So I'll try to be as direct as I can. Um, it's not a battle we're sort of engaged in. Mm. What the way I think about it is what is our responsibility? What is our kulana? What is our stature within the visitor industry as government, as HTA, and what should we be doing? And then our kuleana, the responsibilities that we have. And so for me, it's about providing factual, timely, and relevant information to different audiences. Uh, one of our audiences is our residents, right? We work for the residents of the state of Hawaii. Two, uh, I think providing information that's specific to the visitor industry is a part of our kuleana as the Hawaii Tourism Authority, as we strategically manage tourism on behalf of the state. And then third audience is our visitors, right? And how do we make sure that we provide them accurate, relevant, timely information? Um, and I cannot control other people and what other people say, but what I can do is ensure that we understand the responsibility we have. Like I said, we were on the ground, we're having conversations, uh, difficult ones, I might add, lots of tears, lots of uh, deep na'au kind of conversations. Um, that are helping to inform how we move gently through this time period. Because I think more than anything else, the call from West Lahaina, like West Maui and Lahaina has been, we need time. Kalani, we just need time. And we're trying to respect that. And so we stay aligned with Governor Green and his sixth emergency proclamation. And we stay aligned with Mayor Bisson because at the end of the day, those two gentlemen have the responsibility uh, and the kulana, the, the role within uh, our system uh, to make those decisions. And so as a state agency, we align with that. Absolutely. And yeah, I can't even imagine, I mean, being on the ground and talking, you know, with, with the affected residents, I mean, just even, you know, I've worked with a couple of freelancers who've been affected and even that is just heart wrenching. I mean, I can't even imagine being, being on the ground. Yeah. And I'll just add, you know, I think we, through all the channels that we have, the Hawaii Tourism Authority really tried to make sure that people who had uh, contact with those influencers, who had the celebrity connections, had the right information so that they could also do that. And, you know, I think what we saw was Jason got back on the ground and updated his message, right? Initially, the immediate sort of thing that he was pushing out was don't come to Maui. And then over time, he's also done his listening and his outreach, and that message changed as well. And so we do hope that we've sort of stemmed the tide of that. Uh, because we can see how uh, destructive it can be. Um, but I think also just having grace and leaving uh, some space that everybody was trying to do the right thing in that moment. 
But right. as time progressed and we learned more and we had a better grip on what was happening, the impacts, et cetera, that messaging changed. I think one of the things that we did at the Hawaii Tourism Authority was we realized our visitor audience didn't understand the geography well. Mm. And so we released a map that basically showed people visually, this is the affected area and this is everything else that's open. You'll notice in our messaging from the Hawaii Tourism Authority, we started listing specific communities and areas that were affected and unaffected so that people could go, oh, honey, where's our trip? Oh, we're going to McKenna. Oh, okay, that's okay, right? Or we're staying in, you know, Kihei. Oh, that's okay, right? And so really just, again, providing that factual, timely and relevant information so that people can make good decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. I think at the, at the time there was no real ill intent, you know, people were just, you know, mm -hmm. very emotional at the time. Um, and, and normally we kind of save these shout outs of like, Hey, where to get your information, all that stuff at the end of the episode. But I kind of wanted, since we're really talking about just having good information right now, I was wondering where can people go to get HTA's updates, news information? Yeah. The short and long of it is Hawaii tourism authority.org. Okay. And we have a Maui travel update section. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have that in our show notes as well. So you can, you can easily access that. Yeah, um, so there's a banner right at the top, uh, Maui travel updates. Okay, yeah, we'll make sure to we'll make sure to include that. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk, um, a lot of speculation about, I guess, what's to come with Lahaina. And you're right, at the moment, it's really just giving it time. Um, you know, I don't think, you know, I think we get in I get asked, you know, occasionally like, oh, what do you think will happen? Like, are they going to rebuild? Is there going to be another Lahaina? And, you know, it's such a strange question to be asked because at the moment there's like, you can't even, I guess, really think about it. Um, I mean, does HTA get those similar kind of queries or what do you guys have a stance on, you know, what could be the future of Lahaina or what those rebuilding efforts are like? Yeah, I'll, I'll be direct. It's too early. Um, like I said, the conversations we've had specific to Lahaina proper um, have been, we need time. And so we'll wait and we'll let community help us understand when the time is right for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So Kalani, you're born and raised on Oahu, um, like both of us are. Um, just what are your favorite spots on Maui? That's not obviously not West Maui, but what are some of your, like, when you travel to Maui, um, where do you like to go? So I have to be really careful here. And I'll be really... Oh, don't give away your secret spots. <laughs> so there's that, which I'm very <laughs> aware of. But I also, you know, I think maybe this is an inappropriate way. But, like, in the role that I have in strategically oh. managing tourism for the state, if I call out specific businesses, it's like picking oh. a favorite hmm. kid. Wow, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Oh, you could pick like things to do or beaches or sure. experiences. I think right? everybody kind of knows, right? So I, I if I'm on uh, Maui, I cannot not go to Tin Roof, right? Or I cannot okay. not go to Tiffany's for food. Uh, sorry. Okay. Um, obviously, I got to get my goodie goodie and I got to go to Sokka's, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think everybody got their things. I've You've already got me over the ledge. Oh. I've already got you too. <laughs> Pat, <laughs> what's your what's your thing to do when you know when you're on Maui? What's your thing you have to do that's not in, a, in an affected area? You know, I was just talking to a, a couple of friends from San Francisco are visiting Oahu, and I just met up with them today. And um, just actually, I just ran into them, and we were talking about you know Maui because they had originally planned to go to Maui, like a lot of people, and they decided they're still going to come to Hawaii, but they're going to divert their travel plans and stay on Oahu. Fine. So we were talking about it and she said, 
what do you do when you go to Maui? Because Maui's not her thing. Um, she's a city person. She's San Francisco. She likes what like she went to First Friday in Chinatown. Like she likes that scene. Um, and I was like, dude, like first thing I do is just like Kalani, like there's certain places I have to hit for food, right? Yeah. Like you got to get the Komoda bakery, yes. you know, thick donut. I mean, yeah. there's just certain places, but I think that what Maui has that we don't have here, um, I mean, there's a lot of things, but first of all, Haleakala, we don't have here, but um, are the farm tours. Like I really like going on farm tours because I think it's really different and it gives you a glimpse into Hawaii's really rich and diverse ag culture that I feel like, um, and we have it here obviously on Oahu, but it's so overshadowed by the restaurant scene and the shopping and all that. But on Maui, you know, you can get in touch with the Paniolo culture, learn about that Hawaiian cowboy culture. You can do all these different farm tours. Like, you know, I always go to Kula Country Farms. And if they have some kind of like seasonal fruit picking thing, I'll do it. Um, I just like Ali'i Kula is another beautiful place. So I think there's places like that that I like to go um, because it's so different than living on Oahu. That's just, I mean, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I really am. Yeah, I, we go? I love Wailuku. It's my favorite. It's my favorite place. Oh, like, yeah, that's right. Wailuku is so yeah. quirky. Like, I really love the character of that town. Um, it's very quirky. It's very. And again, it's like one of those things you that really is pretty unique to Maui. You know, Wailuku, you don't. there's no real like there's no place like the Maui coffee attic um, in Wailuku. There's nowhere that's just that no. weird and interesting. And yeah, native I, intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Nat oh, native intelligence is fantastic. Yeah. No, oh, right. we love native intelligence. Yeah. And then you have Yao Valley, like right, right. And then Hana, there. there's. Oh, yeah. How could I? If oh, you right. Could... And Yao Valley. And yeah, then Yao Hana, Valley. like there's no place like, like Hana, you know, no I mean, so, so, so many, on the like... Hana one, guys. So uh, our recommendation. So this is good for our travelers to know. Uh, we do definitely recommend a guided tour to Hana. Uh, oh. We definitely advise against hmm. taking your own car. One, it's a long road. There's plenty of turns. It's a difficult drive. Uh, what we recommend is let somebody else drive, give you all the time to sit on the bus and go take your photos and not block traffic. So I got to advocate for our East Maui community and say we encourage guided <laughs> guided travel out to East Maui. That one's Maui. for you, Hannah. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, when you're driving, you don't even get to see all the cool stuff. When you're driving the road to Hana, I've had to do that a couple of times for this job. And it's like, oh, I get to hear a chorus of people going, oh, my God, look at that waterfall. And I'm like, I can't see that. I'm trying not to drive us off a cliff here. Um, yeah, Hana is really fantastic. There really is nowhere one, else. Like Hana. One thing, too, that I think hmm. Kevin and Catherine, I would say is like, if people are trying to understand some of the intention from Maui County about how to be a respectful visitor, uh, there's a Malama Maui Pledge. And so mm -hmm. it's drafted by people of Maui. And so if you're trying to get an insight into how, what they're asking of you as a traveler, um, take the Malama Maui County Pledge. I think that's another really good, easy thing to do, to do your homework mm -hmm. before you arrive. Absolutely. Yeah, I think also, I mean, just in terms of, you know, of course, Maui is going through this um, this tragedy, but I think just coming to Hawaii in general, that's always a good idea to like be mindful <laughs> and respectful because there is a, you know, there is a root culture here yeah. um, with a lot of sacred sites and a lot of his historic sites on every island. And, you know, I mean, I, you know, we've talked about this and I'm sure you've talked about this with your friends. 
But I think everyone knows somebody who is affected um, by Lahaina. I mean, I mean, not like I, you know, I don't have family there, but I do have friends there, and I do have a friend that lost their home. I think everybody in Hawaii was born and raised here, somehow connected <laughs> in that way, and so. There's a lot of people traumatized on other islands, you know, worried about their family, housing family. I know people on Oahu that have taken in their family from Maui. So um, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter where you go in Hawaii, especially right now. I mean, everybody is really hurting for Maui and it is packing your patience and being respectful and understanding that, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe this person's new at their job or this, you know, this is taking a little bit longer than you probably want you and just, like just remember, you know, like we are kind of going through something pretty tragic, even though we're on different islands, um, we all are affected in some way. So yeah, I think the Maui Pledge is really great, but I also think it should be standard. <laughs> like, yeah, you should get that apologize. Slide over. I apologize. I do have to boogie because another pop-up meeting came up uh, that got called upstairs there, in so. our department operations center. But what I do want to say is, I think what you hit just on just now is super important. That before, after, come what may, everybody got to travel with aloha, right? And that's something that is a constant in this ask of visitors coming to Hawaii. And, you know, I, I like to say that in some respects, Hawaii is like a mirror, right? If you come with aloha, you come with humility, you come with respect and patience, you'll get that back tenfold. If you come with anything other than that, you might get that back too. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, Kalani, for joining us. You can find all of this information. I'm so sorry. Could you say it one more time where they can find the Hawaii Tourism Authority's uh, information? Sure. So if residents are looking for a place to go, hawaiitourismauthority.org. And visitors or travelers looking to come to Hawaii can go to gohawaii.com. Awesome. And you can find all of our information articles at hawaiimagazine.com. It's also where you can find the show notes for this episode with links to all the places that Kalani just listed. Uh, that is about it, though. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening, and we will be back in two weeks. Okay. Mahalo and aloha. Aloha. Take good care. Thank you.